You're listening to the Philly Maker Fair podcast. My name is Laura Cheneau. And I am Valerie Chiguendo. And I'm Jeremy DePrisco. We're here celebrating the creators, builders, inventors, and artists that bring their visions to life at the Philly Maker Fair. This week, we're talking with Steve the Legacy. Steve is an author, an entrepreneur, and inventor of the Wandering two-in-one card game and dictionary daddy. Welcome, Steve. How you doing? Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for that. Um, that's a nice little introduction. <laughs> We're so glad to have you. Yeah. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, we're excited to chat. Should we start with uh, you telling us more about when you started making things and why? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, I wrote this in my, my book because uh, I actually did a patent book to help teach people how to get their patents now. But when I was starting to write it, I started to really understand exactly where it all started. It started back when I was in sixth grade. Um, I was in middle school and uh, I used to watch Family Matters. It used to be a sitcom and Steve Urkel. I mean, he was um, <laughs> very popular back in the nineties, always inventing things, always tearing things up, you know, that type of thing. But that kind of got me excited. Um, and that's when I started um, learning how to invent. My first invention was actually called a clean cut. It was a, um, I invention, it was a, a pair of clippers that when you cut the person's hair, it sucks the hair in and go into a compartment. So you don't have to sweep up the floor, um, the hair off the floor anymore. I won uh, <laughs> first, first prize um, at the school, got a medal. Um, I was on the news. Um, but you know, the funny thing about it, I, I got all the awards, but I was like, where's the money? I, I didn't get the patent, I get nothing. <laughs> and then I remember and stole the, the technology years, years later. And I was like, oh, I was discouraged after that. But um, <laughs> I, I always wanted to solve problems. You know, that's the whole thing. And I love taking things apart and putting things together. So, and I had a crazy type of mindset. My whole thing is I can see things that most people can't see. And every time we try to explain it to them, they don't understand. But when you produce and you show it to them, they're like, aha. And I always love the aha moment once, you know, everybody gets the hang of it. So, um, so yeah. So, so then, you know, that was as a kid, but I was discouraged. I didn't know about the patent process, so I, I stopped. But it's, a, it's amazing when you reach a certain age, you know, and you get older, some things from your childhood tend to come back as a memory. And mm-hmm. sometimes you can act on that memory, and sometimes you can just say, hey, that's a good memory. But I had that aha moment came back when I was a kid. It's a good feeling. It's almost yes. like you're going down the hill too fast and your stomach starts to turn a little bit. That's <laughs> that feeling that you get, you know, get excited. And, and that's what made me want to continue to keep on pursuing my dream from there. So you have quite a few projects that we're going to talk about today. Let's start with the Wander Ring. Uh, tell us what it is and you know, <laughs> sort of how that got started. Yeah, so it's funny. The Wander Ring is a mobile photo booth. Everybody's familiar with the old standalone. You wait in line yeah. and you miss your song on the start. Look, see, see, this is this, this is the big problem. See, a lot of times people go to weddings and parties and things like that, right? Everybody loves to be with their friends and everything like that. But for some reason, when it's time to get in line and take that picture, it's so long, right? You can't find everybody. Your song may be on the um, on the dance floor, so people are dancing. So you can't get everybody together, and then your turn is missed. And then, you know, you're taking yourself away from the action. That's a problem, right? So I always thought about something to take with you. You know, don't don't stop you from having fun. Well, what is that? You know, and I couldn't think nothing of it. So I thought about it and, you know, kind of stewed a little bit. But I went to a, um, a basketball game. I was a mascot. <laughs> I was an actual um, cougar. 
and I was hot, burning up in this thing, right? So it was it was a alumni game, right? They had a standalone photo booth in the corner, right? So people was walking past me and going to the stands, you know, they was like, I was trying to do my thing as you know, the mascot, but I guess they got tired of looking at me and wanted to sit down and get ready for the game. So uh, I was like, man, I wish I could interact with them with a device. And that's when the concept came again. So after that, I, I couldn't wait to get out the suit. You know, I had to do a whole hour of that thing. And, you know, first 10 minutes, I was like, when I had the idea, that's another thing. When you have the excitement of the idea, well, you want to stop whatever you were doing. Well, I wanted to get out the suit, but I forgot they still had to be booked for an hour. So I had to wait till the whole thing was over, but I couldn't wait to get home so I could sketch it out. And once I sketched it out, I found eyes and ends around the house, and I built my first prototype, and I went from there. Um, it was rocky from the very beginning because people were like, what, what, what are you talking about? What is the wandering? <laughs> So I had oh, to test I'm, it out at a, at a one-year party. I'm always like that. I'm always your audience. It's like I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like for that, me, though. to me, the thing that I love the most about that <clears throat> is how you were able to uh, not just you know because you have the the hardware part of it that's the light, yeah. but then you also have the ability to customize those photos that you get on the other end, which to me, that's the best part. Cause you not only, you know, do you have the hardware to make the pictures look better, but you've got the back end where it's like, Oh, and this is where I was when this cute picture was taken, which is way more than you get from your normal sort of just taking a picture with your phone or having somebody else take a picture for you on the fly. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. But I went deeper with that. See, it's funny when some people they, 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 they say different things to you when you're in a, in a pursuit of doing certain things in life, and it doesn't always resonate ever you know from the very beginning. It's almost like the movie Limitless. I don't know if you've seen that, where at one point you know a lot of things he started to discover even more when he was able to use both sides of his brains. He's seen it before, he heard certain different things, but it didn't really come into play until everything came together. So what I thought about was way bigger than that was the fact that it was a data mining machine, and what I mean by that. When you go to events like the stadiums and, and um, you know, I'm the new age cotton candy man. I'm the new age popcorn man. <laughs> the whole thing, you know? Yeah. So the thing is, it's not just taking a picture, but you can also gather the information and promotional and, um, and uh, you can have different type of advertisement at the bottom border of it. And when you send it to the person, you can actually send them offers and links too. So it's a bigger thing outside of pictures. And I had to look at the bigger picture, not just, oh, we're just taking a picture. Right. right. And that's the, that, that's the, that's the goal of mine right there. That's the goal. Well, I, I, I'd say from uh, the 2019 Maker Faire, um, I definitely remember interacting with you. I don't know if you remember me, but uh, you were inside <laughs> the main building. I remember just looking at it and like, what is that? And it just, it just struck <laughs> me as being interesting right away. And then you were really like gregarious and taking pictures and everything. And, I thought you were very memorable, you know, even a couple of years later, I still remember it. Um, That's good. So That's good. I'm glad. <laughs> so who, who has been like, who is your, your main customer or your end user? Who are you marketing toward? So right now I'm building franchises. Um, I'm working on a franchise because I have came up with a system. You know, first you got to prove the system co correct. Mm -hmm. Right now that's big is event spaces, right? So everybody's getting event spaces. I don't know if you mm -hmm. are familiar with that, but, um, they, they, they gravitate into that, and each event space always wants that type of um, um, memorable um, type of action uh, pictures and things like that. So that what I'm doing is I'm franchising. It's just like a typical, not a brick and mortar, but franchise type of business where it's a business in a box. They get the actual device, how you uh, market, 
how you advertise, how you use it, how you approach, how you pitch the, um, the actual um, venue or event. So to get a whole system of that, I'm doing it at one end, and then I'm also selling the device out hand, and I'm also renting them as well. So three parts to this whole process. Um, and then I made a actually just definitely building a smaller one. So um, that's going to be more compatible. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's the actual mission where I'm that's trying amazing. to go at. Cool. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I love that you have uh, so many different uh, avenues for uh, sharing the product. You're renting it out directly and also working with event spaces and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it's funny. I was just two months ago at a party and I can tell you the line was so long. There was a photo booth mm-hmm. with one backdrop <laughs> and I wanted to take <laughs> pictures with five of my friends, the, the one left and went to get her, then the second one left. So I can relate. <laughs> I can relate. Or you get stuck um, behind the people that really are going to town yes. in the prop box. And I'm like, you don't need to use them all. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there's people and that, on the see, line. That's the pain point. That's the pain point. That's the, that's the pain. Cause I experienced that, you know, and then also now the new wave is, is the 360. So, you know me, I, I can't just be like everybody else. So I, I just have been in an overhead 360 wandering. So um, it's, it's a lot when, when you get that first concept and idea, um, this is this is to the people that want to innovate, innovate and an event. When you solve their first problem and you get that first thing actually in, in motion, then other things can tend to gravitate. It's almost like a tree with many branches. So mm-hmm. then I seen that uh, everybody like the 360. Now I said, oh, cool, but I don't want it to go around the body. I want it above, overhead type of thing. So I, you know, I had to put my hair together. Went right back to uh, my lab, um, aka the living room, right? And I built this actual concept in the living room, and I got it working within like um, a couple hours after the idea came because I already had pieces there. See, that's another thing. Most people don't realize that whatever they need, is right in front of their face. It's, just a, it's how you look at things differently. Most people go, well, I, I got to buy this, got to buy that. Find out what you have first. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> we can go gravitate from there. You know, anybody can be easy to spend money, but find out what you have. We hoard so much stuff. We got so many different things that we can use to create other things, but we don't know what we have until you really ask those questions like what can I, and that was the question that most people yeah. got to ask themselves how can i how can i just in those type of words mm-hmm. how can i come up with this idea with, with uh, what i currently have not what i don't have i can't do mm-hmm. the brain doesn't respond to that but if you say how can i it's like christmas morning mm-hmm. you know it's just everything mm-hmm. is just going all crazy and, and you get excited you, you know you even lose your appetite you get so excited you don't want to eat so it's mm-hmm. like that that, that, <laughs> that feeling be a child again. Uh, my mentor always said the best. He like, uh, he said, believe in it as, like a child. Whatever you're doing, believe in it like a child and work at it as an adult. See, see, let's think about that power that and that actual energy that, that children have is that they, they know it's going to work. They believe it, you know. But when we became adults, a lot of times when we grew up and we had gotten discouraged or, you know, failure and all this, we don't want to try nothing. We're going to be safe now. See, when children, they want to say, we made them be scared. Hey, stop, don't run, don't run. We, we prefer them, you know? <laughs> no, that's what we do, we prefer so, so now what we got to do is get that childlike mindset again. Stop living again. Don't be an old uh, fuddy-duddy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Tell us how uh, the how do your direct customers and the event spaces, how do they react to the product when you share it with them and show it to them? I got tired of um, really telling my concept. So what I did was, you know, it's funny. I'm a, they consider me a photographer, right? But I got my own photographer. 
<laughs> because I want them to see the experience. So um, before they book me, they look at the pictures of the pictures that I'm taking. So it's like somebody's there. I actually hired a guy that actually, what he, he, first he started off as a, um, it was almost like the Pied Piper. I was downtown and in Philly, they just opened up um, the fashion district, which used to be the gallery, right? So I was there for the grand opening. I met this guy. He just was fascinated with the wandering. I wanted to crash the news. Um, that was my whole goal, but I didn't want to go to jail. I wanted to ca- crash, crash the, um, the news interview because they had, just imagine this, you at the front, right? And you had this opportunity. The, the mayor didn't come out yet, but all the cameras are on the podium with all these mics. So I did was like, you know, run up there real quick and just, Take a picture of the mayor real quick. Watch that thing go good. But then the back end of me saying, yeah, it would probably be good, but you probably get arrested too. So I don't think it would be a good look. So the guy was right next to me. He said, man, can I take a picture? You take the picture? I'm like, take a picture of me taking a picture. And that was kind of weird. But I'm like, you know what? I need you. Yeah, follow me. And then that's when he started taking video and picture of me taking pictures of people. And that was the actual fuel that when I put it on social media, oh, I want that. Oh, I need that. Oh, that's cool. We kept, if I kept on telling you, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a mobile football. Remember, if you don't have the vision, you can't see it. Mm-hmm. So if I keep telling you that, you're like, I, I can't see it. But if I show it to you so you can see it, oh, I would love to have that at my event. Please, can you come? Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a contract. I'm sending it over right now. What is your email address? Mm-hmm. Hey, ask for that business. <laughs> ask for the business. Nice. So do you still work with that first guy that said, can I take a picture of you taking a picture? Yes, yes. And then what, what happened nice. with him, I, to, I told him, I said, I said, um, I said, you know, stick with me and watch the doors open for you. Cause he was just trying to break out in a photography room, but he had all the equipment. He just didn't have that extra spunk of, um, I guess it was like confidence in his, mm-hmm. in his work. I'm like, yo, you do beautiful work. Just come with me. Take pictures of me. I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. So he trusted me. And we went to a lot of events. It was so great to experience this, right? January, it was on a piece of, it was on a piece of paper, right? February after I studied the actual industry, February, it was a prototype. And February, I did my first birthday party, which was, it was a one-year-old, so I make all the mistakes. You can, you can make all the mistakes at a one-year-old birthday party, right? So I did that on purpose. And then I started pitching Hilton gig. You know, I never did anything at the Hilton. I never, 350 and 250, I never did that. But you don't tell yourself what you can't do. You just say, okay, and here's the price. I'm going to be there. And what I did was I just took pictures of the Hilton inside, and I just showcased where I'm going to be at when I do arrive there. So I look lost. So that's why I used to do it. a lot of my events, the big events after the little small baby ones was that I'm going to take pictures or I'm going to visit it probably a week in advance to see how it looks. And then I'm going for it. But I never told nobody that, you know, I was an event. So I was talking like I was a pro doing it for like five years. But you don't tell people that type of stuff. Mm. But you continue <laughs> to be professional. And that's how I got on the news in November uh, with Channel 17 because um, the girl was like, you, did a, you know, I want you to do the Hilton gig. And, and it's going to be 350, 350 people going to be there. And I'm like, 350, oh, man. Hey, no, no show, no fear. Okay, I'll be there. I'm shaking in my boots like, oh, my gosh, please. All right, so I was thinking of, oh, what can go wrong? Uh, battery can die and the, the lights can go out. Uh, I run out of film. All right, Steve, we got to go in and go, go to the living room. It, it, it turns to not the production now the battleground room find out what can go wrong mm-hmm. and see and see how you can overpower that right in there because people have and they're impatient when they want their pictures mm-hmm. they yes. are very impatient and they don't yeah. care if your stuff fell so <laughs> you better have a plan and look mm-hmm. sure enough it did fail but I had a plan it's the battery the battery died 
right? And, and I had backups. I bought backups like crazy from my Amazon. So I had all these backups. My pocket, I'm all, I weighed down with, with batteries in my pocket, you know, because I'm like, they're not going to catch me. I'm not going to. So that's another thing. When you're looking at to do something that you never have done before, you got to always look at a perspective of what will happen, mm-hmm. what may happen, yeah. and what's going to happen. If you don't look like, if you don't do that, then you, you really walk into a disaster. And mm-hmm. most people are not going to have that sympathy when they're paying your money. It's one mm-hmm. thing if you test them out and you tell them they give you that patience, right? But mm-hmm. if when they're paying hard-earned money, they're not, they don't have that much space. They want you, just like when I was on the news, I was like, I had a meeting with the, the wondering in the corner before I got on the news. I said, look, you're not going to embarrass me when we're on camera because, you know, they don't give you that many options when it's live to get this thing together. Mm-hmm. When it's time to take a photo, I need you to work. And I'm talking to the wandering. You, got, you listen mm-hmm. to me, wandering? When it's time for you to take a photo, I need you to work. <laughs> All right, let's go. And we went out there. And, and that's, look, because, you know, when you're live, you, you can't say, oh, um, can we, can we um, yeah, <laughs> turn it off and go back? Yeah. Could you go to the NBC studios? Because they interviewed us for the uh, Baker Fair. And it was Ooh. the same thing, like live on the morning show. And you're just like, oh, yeah, it's over. Like, bam, you know, it's over in just a second. You got the big cameras in your face. You got to be on point. You got to be, you have to be confident. You have to, you see, during the commercial break, I had the jitters. I had the, uh, the anxiety. I had all that during the commercial. But when it's roll time and when you get blinded by the light, <laughs> that's what it does. <laughs> when they blind you with the light. That's when it's time. It's go time. So I had to have them fat talks with the people because they probably be like, uh, "I'm glad that you brought him on here, but this guy, he, he's something else. We won't have him no more." <laughs> but I, I guess I did a great job because they brought me back for Dictionary Day. So that's the Very blessing nice. behind that. That's the blessing behind that type of thing. And- you know, I was just about to see if we could switch gears and talk about Dictionary Daddy. So let's talk about Dictionary Daddy. Tell me what it is. Tell me what the vision is. This is another one of your uh, projects that you're working on. So tell us what Dictionary Daddy is all about. It's, it's funny when you, you, you can be sitting in a, in a room and all of a sudden, something would just pop up and trigger something, you know, and it's up to you to decide where you want to go. So I'm sitting, it was a Saturday morning and I had my daughter and she was asking me questions. You know, kids, they crack me up. They always have so many questions, you know, and they always want to be answered. I'm like, man, I, all right. Yeah. I'm getting answered to this. I'm being like, she's like, Oh, you're like a dictionary daddy. And you know how you can Ooh. have those. I have when you sitting in the bed. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm sitting in the bed. And I'm like, man, that's a, that's a, that's a catchy name. Yeah. It is. I mean, what, what, what can we do with this? I mean, I, I got a couple of children's books out, but not yet for this, but something else. And then a board game idea came. And I said, Layla, let's, let's put it, and that's my daughter's name, uh, Layla. Shout out to Layla. <laughs> I said, let's go into the living room and let's brainstorm a game mm-hmm. based around the name Dictionary Daddy. So, so the whole thing was we had to break it down into manageable pieces. So what is the purpose of the game? Well, the purpose is, I uh, said the kids were going, you know, doing their homework and they want to play video games, but they, they're trying to sneak and play before they finish their homework. What can we do around that? So that was the storyline, right? That's the storyline. So, so now since you know the ending, and that's another thing, most people got to see the ending before they start the beginning. Because if you don't, if you, you know, a lot of people, are, well, I want to come up with a game. Well, if you don't know how to gameplay, what is the purpose of it? That's for anything, even inventions. Then you cannot really start the beginning. So I was like, all right, that's the purpose. Kids are doing homework. And then they're sneaking to want to go ahead and, and play video games and watch TV and stuff like that. So what's the, and I said, well, Layla, what's the, the meat and potatoes with that? Well, how can we teach them along with playing? All right. So mm-hmm. we had to get definitions to different, you know, items. So on the cards, it has definitions to different images. So there's images on the board, right? And then each image have a definition. So I'll say, okay, all right. So that's, that's good. It's good. It's good. So, you know, um, even I didn't have 
we, we had stick figures as far as drawings, you know. It was just like little stickmen. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. funny when, when you paint the picture of what you want, even when you don't have it, if you, if you explain it correctly to the right person, they can produce it for you. Mm-hmm. So it had to be detailed. And all I had at one point was just a cover. I, I said, it's coming out um, April 2001. I only had a cover. I got, mm-hmm. a, I got a nice little cover. Um, it, was, it was beautiful. And I said, all right, cool. So I started putting it out there. Oh, it's coming soon. I didn't know what to do next. But once again, you break down the things in manifest. All right, so now we got to get the boards. Now we have to get um, a spinner. Now we have to find the pieces. Now we have to find out how we're going to package it. How we're going to design the box. Now we're going to have to do all these different things. All right, cool. Everything starts to come together. And you know what's a good, nice little um, checklist is find out what, what is working. So go to, the, go to the toy store. See what's out there. You know, I said, okay, all right. This is what it, all right, this is how you can do all right, now this is what I need, back. And then once you find, you know, you get the first sample prototype, all right, I got the baggie with the cards, the baggie with the pieces, the, uh, got the box with the actual board. Now I have to break down how much it costs for, to get the board made. Get, everything is to a science. I mean, mm-hmm. to the penny. I mean, to the, even the baggie. I need the price for everything because most people that come up with board games, they don't really don't make that much money, uh, only in volume. But when they first start off, they're actually... They're not, they're not even profitable. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you go to the, the average um, company that can build it for you, when it's all said and done, it's 30, $35. So mm-hmm. how, that's why most board games that's from private people is like $70. Because mm-hmm. they're trying to cut, you know, trying to get some profit from it. So I had to make sure that I was under $17 to produce it. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to sell for 35 If mm-hmm. I couldn't get that number, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to go to production. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, it's always a waste. Why are you spending all this money just to break even? It doesn't make any sense. And Mattel didn't get back to me. Hasbro didn't get back to me. So I said, well, Steve, you gotta make a decision. What are you gonna do? You gonna wait for them or are you gonna go? How mm-hmm. about they come chase me? Just mm-hmm. get myself out there. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did with that. And, um, and I, you know, told channel 17 about the story and they're like, what? <laughs> Instead of you, wait, instead of you Netflix and chilling, you building board games? Come on down to the studio. Let's, let's talk. I said, okay. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Let's, let's, talk, let's talk about it. And here, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm just going to get an article on it, right? They gave me, a, they were like, all right, so we got you set up over here. Set up over here. What do you mean set up over here? Yeah, and good thing I'm always prepared. Remember, you got all the people prepared. And my duffel bag had, I had my, my, um, my children's um, books. I had the games. I had everything. Just in case. You never know, right? Versus, oh, I, I forgot to bring it. No, that's not in my, because a lot of times I was um, on a bus doing all my gigs, so I had to bring everything with me. So even though I got a car now, I still think of what, what, what did not, everything has to be in that trunk. Yes, you, know I mean? yes. you never know what you, who you going to run into, put right? Your so I, didn't, I didn't know they were going to, I didn't know they were going to give me a whole set. I didn't know they were going to actually step me up, had a table and everything. And, and the guy was like, all right, do you have your script? No, I, don't, I don't have no script, but I'll, I'll become the script. I don't know script. Well, well we, he's like, uh, well, you, you have about, um, we, we have about, we have about 10 minutes, so this, we're only going to have one take. Oh, one take? What? Okay, all right. So, uh, mm. But uh, I'm going to send you out a video, and I'm going to tell you, that video was one take. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is you have to become the script. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of times, most people, um, they don't really um, embody what they do. 
like like how robots can embody. Like I, you know, I'm all about robots right now. I've been watching um this, this show called um, Lost Lost in Space on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Shout out to that. I love that uh, show. But, but <laughs> uh, what I, I fell in love with that show. But it, but and, and what I love about that show, and you you can relate to me uh, on the fact that even when they have problems, they always had to find a way to make a solution, and that's what inspires me. But when you embody what you're doing in life, when you embody that work, uh, you become it to the point where you take a deep breath and then you just say, all right, count me down. So mm-hmm. I told him, I said, count me down. Now, to tell you the truth, if you ask me what you're going to say, don't ask me what I'm going to say. Just be ready for the show. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say to you. I, I can't tell you right now what I'm about to say because tell you the truth, this is going to be the one take kid and just be ready for the show. Get the popcorn ready. All right, mm-hmm. so here we go. <laughs> Five, four, and it's time to go. Because I'm going to tell you, in life, you're going to get these opportunities that they're not going to have time to, to wait for you. Mm-hmm. you got to always... See, people are not overnight sensations. Maybe they got discovered in prior early time, but you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been practicing my interviews before I got interviews in the bathroom for, for months. <laughs> <laughs> and for the minute, and my, my audience was the shaving soap and the razors and the soap. That was my audience. Got to be ready. Got to be able yeah. to improvise for sure. Yeah. So, so after that uh, experience, how have people responded to the board game for uh, Dictionary Daddy? I've been selling. I've been selling games ever since. Um, I'm trying to get the volume up. Uh, make they like the game. Um, my thing is, I know I'm at to get an app for it soon. Mm-hmm. So that's really I'm itching for that. So I got some guys over in India. They waiting for the call. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to get them a call probably in a couple of weeks. But that's another thing. Um, finding people that can actually help you get to that level. Um, th- there's no excuse nowadays that I thought. You know, I I didn't have the mindset at one point when I was a kid that you can. Patting yourself, patting yourself yourself. I was excited about that. I couldn't afford a lawyer. I couldn't afford the uh, well, the patent, the event help companies. I ain't put their name out there like that, but they they, they, they scamming people. And mm-hmm. really, I got the contract to prove it. But anyway, I said, well, Steve, people are getting patents. Just find out how to do it. Mm-hmm. Break it down mm-hmm. to manageable pieces. I did that and got the patent granted for the wandering in less than a year and a half. So hmm. it's nice. possible. Congratulations. You just, you just have to um, be willing to. Um, be all in. That's why I look at it like that. Mm-hmm. You got to be all in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they gravitate to the board game and, and also my children's books. Cause the thing about it, all this wraps around one mission and the mission was to believe in yourself. That's what it comes mm-hmm. down to. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. stop believing in themselves. They just settle for what they do, you know, and, and they gravitate and conform. That's what people do. Mm-hmm. But when you start mm-hmm. to believe in yourself and start to tap into yourself again and knowing that if there is, it is possible outside of the white noise and, people telling you that you can't do it, then it's like, you're against the world. Yes. And Laura, you can relate to me when it comes down to that show, uh, Lost in Space, where it's like, even when they didn't have hope, they had some type of belief. They didn't they give they up. They going to get off that plane. To me, that's they always the did. biggest thing. They never give up. And mm-hmm. I watched the no. originals when I was a kid. And every week, okay. there was, right? But they were still, they never gave up. They just always and, were determined we to be like, like that. survive, you know, and make mm-hmm. success. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I call it burning the bridge and burning the boat. When when conquerors back in the day wanted to conquer the land, they get to the shore and they like burn the boats. Nobody's retreating. Either be win or we're not going to win. But nobody's going back home. You try to run, we're going to kill you. So you got to put yourself in a position where burning boats. I mean, don't be gravitating to Plan B. Focus on Plan A. Yeah. And different stages. And this is how you know you're on the right track. And I think there's, there's a, um, a show on History Channel right now. The um, the toys who um, the toys, the toys that built America right now, right? 
And at times you get discouraged. Inventors, makers, they all get discouraged at times because they mm-hmm. don't think that somebody's going to gravitate and like what you what you actually have. But I, I swear, how contagious your own belief is is amazing, right? See, if you depend on other people's belief and waiting for them and they're not giving it to you, that's going to drain the power system inside you. Mm. you by nature, you're a dynamo. So when, when you're a dynamo, you generate your own energy. See, people just, they tap in to your energy. So the thing is, you got to have some energy already brought forth ahead of time and not only protection of your energy, but a guard to understand that even when the results are not there up front, even when the native figures are right there in front of you, that you got to remind yourself that you're on the right track, even though you don't have victory right now. Yes. People got to, you got to remind yourself. If you let yourself get discouraged, but all right, here, here we go. I had the, the drop on cell phone watches almost seven years before it came out. Mm. And the sad part was I was sharing it to small-minded people, the idea and the concept. I had, a, I had a sample, it was on the T-Mobile network and everything, and all somebody said, one person said this, because I was selling cars at the time, right out of college, they were like, that's the dumbest idea. Nobody's going to be talking on their wrist. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I embodied that. And then a few years later, around Christmas time, I was getting stuff prepared in the kitchen. I remember like it was yesterday. And the Samsung commercial came on. And I look back, I was getting phone calls, they blow my phone up, I didn't pick up the phone, I was so mad. <laughs> I'm like, yo. And that's what, and after that moment, I said, you know, whatever you've got, whatever God has given you, how about you try to see it to the end first? Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. give previews to people. Let them see the show. Don't tell them about the show. Let them see it. Mm-hmm. And let them bring the popcorn with them. You don't buy the popcorn, let them buy the popcorn. <laughs> but anytime, you be the one. <laughs> Let them bring the popcorn. You know, you be the, you become the show. Don't because people don't understand that most of them they, they don't have that that belief. That's why my book is called Act and Grow Belief. Sometimes you got to put forth action first before the belief is able to be developed. Mm-hmm. You got to get moving first. See, mm-hmm. you can easily cancel yourself out of a thought by thinking it's too hard. Oh, I'm not gonna do it. I was, I was canceled. I was trying to get my new battery this morning. I'm like, man, do I want to go? I don't want to go. I don't want to get your butt up. Get this because if that thing don't start tomorrow, you are gonna blame yourself. Get up and get that battery in your car. Now you can check it off on your on your board. I checked it off. I got it done. Versus, uh, I didn't I didn't get it done. And that's what you got to do with your, your your dreams. I always tell people, beat you yesterday, not last week, last year. Just beat yesterday. That's all I'm asking you, dude. So now we know you have yet another board game that you designed, the two-in-one game. Do you want to tell us? Oh, it's a card game. And actually, it's trying to to, um, compete a little bit, just a little bit, against Uno (laughs) and Phase 10. Just a little bit, just a little bit. Because I can't really come at them because I was inspired by the inventor of phase 10. That's another thing, contagiously, being contagious by something. I found out it was a brother inventor of phase 10. I never knew that. See, once again, a lot of times we, we just put ourselves in a perspective of things thinking that when people got things out there, you see stuff in the store, uh, it can't be me. Who said that? Who told you that? Hmm. Who said it can't be you? So what I did was I said, man, he, he, wait, he, wait, he came up with phase 10? Hold up, let me, let, me, let me sit down for a second and see what kind of strategy I can use for a game. And Sometimes it doesn't come right away, but I have a thing of my REM sleep is just on point. So I go to sleep at a certain time every day. But before I go to sleep, I put the idea of what I want to be involved with my sleep, like a dream. So I said, I need I need a card game, not identical, like, oh no, I mean, we, we like this, 
not like phase 10, but my own version. I need one. You talk to your subconscious. Okay, cool. Go to bed. <laughs> Next morning I woke up, I got the idea. All right, here we go. So it's two ways to beat this game. And whoever, and I had to create always a sudden death. There's a sudden death. So, for example, Uno is about releasing all the cards and then, you know, Uno out. Two and one, you match out. So you're building matches with your hand. You start off with six cards, right? And you're building matches. So, like, for example, if you got a green three and a blue three, that's a match. If you got a, um, a, a yellow skip, no, an orange skip and a green skip, that's a match. The wild card can represent any card, right? So you can, it can match out any card. And the, the great thing behind it, you can either match out as far as having the matches in your hand, or you could discard out where the color in the pile, if you matching, if you can't build a match with the, the, the hand that you have, you can match the color in the pile. So it has some characteristics like, you know, mm-hmm. but the, the motive is different when it comes to building matches. And say if you run out of cards as far as plucking, whoever has the most matches win. Mm-hmm. I also so, like that so you I, had multiple ways to win. I think to me that's always – you know, yeah. like a surprise in the game when, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's competitive uh, too. Don't, don't, don't gamble for it because I already lost cookies on it. So, yeah, like, it's very, 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 competitive. very competitive. I already lost cookies. <laughs> I did. We played for Uno. We played for um, Oreos and I, 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 I put it all in. I put it, I put it all on the line and lost the whole, lost, lost everything. Oreos. Lucky <laughs> Layla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's fun though. It's fun. I want to send y'all, um, actual uh, uh complimentary on the play this this holiday season i've seen that one but it's, yeah. it's addictive too i'm gonna tell you it's so addictive that i don't play uno no more hmm. that's how addictive it is wow wow I, I didn't want that to happen but that's what happened so <laughs> that's a good thing it is a good thing if, if you loved it so yeah much. i mean but the thing is i, I pay homage to them because i studied their story first so that's another thing you know i, I studied the story of the of the because he was selling his out of his car before mattel picked him up the guy that created uno I mean, it took him years to be successful. So, and then the guy, um, um, Phase Ten, brother from Detroit, he, his his first game fell. It was called Dice Dice Baseball, and Kmart took a chance on it and it flopped. But he had faith and he believed in him and took a chance on his Phase Ten. And the rest of that is history. If you look at Phase Ten and their, and their numbers now, but hmm. it's just that you got to stay consistent. That's the thing. Stay consistent. I just wanted to also find out about some of the books that you've authored and I know some of them feature Layla. Um, maybe you can tell us a little <laughs> bit about that and then, <laughs> then we'll move on to the next. So the, fir- the first book I wrote before I started anything, inventing anything again and stuff like that, it was, it was um, a children's book called I Am Not Grateful, Grateful I Am Not. And what it is was a rhyming book that teaches kids how to be grateful. But it's funny. It didn't just teach kids. It teach adults because it taught me how to be grateful for the things that I have. I used to complain a lot. You know, I was ungrateful for a lot of different things and the way how life was going and how I was expecting things to be. And it's funny. Sometimes we have these thoughts that think that our expectation of what life is supposed to be is supposed to happen, whereas it's to work within this expectation. You know, people don't put those two and two together. So I'm thinking, hey, I sh- it should be better than this. Yeah, it should be. If you, you get your butt up. Yeah, okay, cool. So I wrote the first book, uh, I'm, not, I'm Not Grateful, if I'm not. The second one is I'm Not, I'm not Confident, Teaching Kids How to Be Confident. Now, after I was teaching kids, getting them out the way, I knew that we needed something for adults that can become like a child again, but they had to find out for themselves what is stopping them. So I came up with a book called Act and Go Belief, which is like a workbook. It's not just a book of me just telling stories, but it's a workbook for you to evaluate yourself. 
challenge yourself. By the time you finish this book, you know exactly what you need to do because the golden stream of information is the seven steps to goal setting. You use these seven steps, you can conquer anything. Step one, what do you want? Write down. When the last time anybody really wrote down what they actually want? They complain what they don't have, but they never wrote down what they want. Second thing, mm-hmm. write down why you want it. Write down your why. Why do you really want what you want? Third thing, list the obstacles and adversities you have to come across. Most people don't list that. That's why they don't start nothing, right? The fourth thing, find the people, places, organizations you need to connect with to get you there. The fifth thing, find out what you need to know to get there. The sixth thing, write the action plan on how to get things going. And the seventh thing, which I always do on my whiteboard, mark that date. If you don't mark the date, it's nothing but a wish. I use them seven steps. And everything I do with the mark date, and I can say that every time when I mark that date, I meet that deadline. Mm-hmm. Steve's seven no steps. It could be like a whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Break it down anything how you look at it. But don't skip number three. Number three is the obstacle to adversity. Most people don't list that. Remember I told you when I did the wandering where I had to find out what, what would go wrong? How would it go wrong? Mm-hmm. You gotta break it, you gotta fix it, you gotta break it, you gotta fix you gotta figure out what will happen so you be ready for it. They can't see you sweat. You could be sweating inside, but you better sweat from your forehead. You better be ready to mm-hmm. act and grow your belief. Very cool. And there's a lot of nuggets of awesome advice that you're, you've shared today. Um, now we want to switch to, do you have any questions that our maker community can answer for you? Yes. Um, so what I wanted to do, um, find out, like, do you have any awards assemblies that could be coming up soon or like an uh, animator of the year type of thing where they have like, I was, you know, it's funny, a lot of people this past couple months had these different dinners for different, you know, entrepreneurial awards, things like that. Yeah, I have that for innovators. I'm wondering, have you ever interacted with Venture Cafe? I never heard of them. Oh, we got to get you connected. all of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should be over there regularly. I think that might be a cool place to interact and Definitely. We'll hook you up with them after the podcast. Okay. Here. Do you do any grants for innovators? Um, do, do they have any grants out there where they help people or connections? Because sometimes many connections is more valuable than mm-hmm. just the money sometimes. I think this is often true. And um, <clears throat> for us, I know Venture Cafe and like Next Fab, when they start doing their open houses again, are great ways to meet uh-huh. other makers but there's got to be more than just those two. Mm-hmm. But we have Art House coming up. I think you would like that. They're go. They should mm-hmm. be opening any day now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, what's next for Steve the Legacy? What's your next goal? So right now, um, my biggest weakness became my my dearest friend, and that was my mind. And with that that type of philosophy, where I've learned to discover um, of how to help people, not just myself. See, at first when I got the patent, it's funny, but the feeling that I had of me pursuing to get the patent was the same feeling I had when I received it in the mail. And I'm like, man, why? why? I thought it'd be a different type of feeling. No, the reason why it's not the, it's not the, the reason why it's the same is because you already felt and knew that you was going to get it. That was just the confirmation that came in the mail. So your mindset had to be there. So a lot of times, most people want to do things in life, but their mindset are not there. So right now, outside of me doing my thing, what I want to do is help people get patents because I know the system now. I know how to do the whole thing. I know what to expect. I know uh, what to uh, actually do, what needs to be structured. That's a good thing. And it's funny. On a patent process, 
all my claims were rejected at one point and I was devastating. Mm. But a reminder, a reminder came to me out of my seven steps. The reminder was given for my girlfriend. She was like, well, find out what you need to know. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what, you're right. Cause I was I'm, I'm almost throwing papers away and I'm discouraged and what do you mean reject all my claims? I, I was real upset. <laughs> so then I had to take a, a moment and it's funny, at the, one of the, at the bottom of one of the pages, it was the phone number to the examiner. So they said, call them. I said, mm-hmm. yeah, let me call them and find out what I need. I think, I didn't, well, I didn't think about that. So we go back to seven steps. So I, I said, all right, so uh, what do I need to do? He said, well, if you word it this way and you structure it this way and, and you explain it this way, all the other claims will be approved. I said, what? That's it? There's only one line. Yeah. But there's a, fl- but there's a formula of how you respond. So right. let me tell you the formula how to respond. You can't just respond this way. I said, well, can you show me the, well, tell me the formula? And he told me the formula. I said, now I know how to respond to an office action once I get rejected. If I would have went all the way through of me getting a permit, I mean permit, the patent, it actually is like a permit, the patent and not know of any problems or hiccups, mm-hmm. how can I help anybody else that got rejected? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you got to go through the fire so that somebody else won't get burned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. Yeah. True. So I'm here to teach, um, speaking in schools, um, I'm teaching uh, innovators how to get their patents and things like that. Um, and then finally, you know, teaching ways of how to do it on a budget too as well. Getting mm-hmm. not only just a patent, but getting your prototypes on a budget. Sometimes you can build new things right in your house. You get the right equipment, the right type of things. Like even with the board game, I just found out how to find different pieces and, and get the bulk <laughs> order mm-hmm. of them and and I'm, I'm once again, delivering the lab. I'm in there putting things together, one piece, just like a semi line. And so mm-hmm. it's bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just want to show people that they can actually do it too. So not just all about me, the bigger impact that I want to be is how can I impact everybody that's around me? Not just about me. So that's I my. I agree. And, and you, have a world, you have a world of knowledge to share. It's like just your problem solving approach. And, you know, you never quit, like you said. I think a lot of us can definitely learn from all of your, you know, your experience and your, you know, your, your teachings. It's, it's great. Hmm. Uh, my, my next question now is uh, where people can learn more about you. <laughs> where can well, we go? the golden website, the golden website is www.stevethelegacy.co or .com. Okay. I bought both of them on purpose, God, because the fact is Instagram, I got hacked, right? So Here's the blessing of disguise. I'm starting from scratch again, right, from Instagram, but uh, somebody from uh, one of the countries hacked my account. So mm-hmm. it's funny, you know, for seven years, all your followers, everything just saying, hi, heck, you can't use me no more. Now I just got to start from scratch. So I was like, well, let me do stevethelegacy.co because I did not know you can do that with Instagram where that's an easy access to a website too as well. So what a domain. So you can either go to .co or .com, stevethelegacy um, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and um, you can email me at stevelegacy at gmail.com. And we'll put all of those links in the podcast text. Um, is there anything else you would like to add? I just want to encourage the innovators that whatever you, idea you have, don't let nobody discourage you. you know? mm-hmm. um, if you look at the greats, everybody that had crazy ideas was once being told that it was the dumbest idea. I think about Henry Ford at times where if his wife wasn't there to, to keep him going, um, we probably wouldn't have cars. You never know. So the thing is, I just want the people to understand is that no matter how wacky your idea is, if it's solving a problem, somebody's going to need that solution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's all I want to leave behind.
us Steve Jobs used to say it was, you know, the crazy ones that, you know, move us forward, right? <laughs> yeah, because I know I'm quirky. I'm, I'm very quirky. And it's good to be quirky. You I know? Would, I would it's be good quirky, to be yeah. different. <laughs> it's good. But, I mean, it's good to be different because, you know, most people have to get validation from the others before they move. I move before it happens. Mm-hmm. Like, like mm-hmm. I'm a grown man. I was Spider-Man a couple of years ago to get me out of my comfort zone. Why, why, why does man, is, why does grown man wearing spandex? <laughs> but the thing about it, I love Spider-Man. And I love making kids smile. Yeah, I had the body at the time before COVID. Them spandex suits. You can't catch me in that thing right now because I don't think I can get the zipper off. But anyway, as I'm saying is that that took me back into that childlike thing. We got to understand we, could t- we take care of adult business. I understand that. You're going to be adult for a long time. But sometimes you got to really tap back into that childlike thought. What do you really want to do? What mm-hmm. is your passion? Yeah. We're so driven by money, but we forget our passion. Did you know that if you yeah. drive your passion, the money will run to you? No, we want to chase the money. No, no. Drive towards your passion, and the money will follow you. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the key. Mm-hmm. We've got to reprogram well, each other, you. and that's where I come in at. All right? <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. This is great. Thank you. We had so much fun. And get back to making things. Thank you for listening to the Philly Maker Fair podcast. We're streaming on all platforms, so join us each week. Learn more about today's podcast at phillymakerfair.com. We're social, so keep in touch. You can find us on Twitter as PHLMake. Also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and Pinterest as Philly Maker Fair, all one word. And be sure to hit the subscribe button for future podcasts. See See you you next next week. week. The opinions expressed by the guests of the Philly Maker Fair podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the hosts or producers. If you enjoy the Philly Maker Fair podcast, please consider making a donation at coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com. Search for JD Maker or go to ko-fi.com slash jdmaker slash tears. Your support helps offset the costs of recording, editing, and maintaining the Philly Maker Fair podcast. Supporters at any of our tiers will receive a shout-out on the podcast and via our social network. Thanks.